start jump sequence terminates, Captain. Get the gravitational dampers online and open the blast aye, shield. Aye, sir. Bring us in closer. Aye, aye, sir. Moving us in on sublight drive. Extreme magnification. Aye, sir. The center of the galaxy. And there's our black hole. The experience of a lifetime, Captain. Let me put this on audio. You should be able to hear the magnetic resonance This is it, ladies and gentlemen. The edge of time and space where the impossible can happen. Welcome to the event horizon. Good morning, or afternoon, or evening. Whatever is relevant for the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the event horizon where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I am your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And with us today is Kevin J. Anderson. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me on. Hi, guys. I can see you smile. I can hear you smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you may have heard him before here with uh, when we were talking with with Brian Herbert on Dune, the, which he worked on, or the Star. you may have read his Star Wars novels. Well... We've got some risky business, we've got some monkey business, and we've definitely got some dragon business. Yay. So, so Kickstarter. I love the way you worked it in there. Good, I, Susan. I'm, I, you know, that's what they, why they pay me the big buck. <laughs> no, they don't pay me at all, but that's yeah, all right. There. So it's time I'm to going. go back to the Middle Ages and have fun with dragons, orcs, knights, wizard mages, and confidence men. The, the dragon business and the new sequel, Skeleton in the Closet. Can you tell us about those? Sure, and, and the fun thing is, is this is a book and uh, a series that I've had in my in my imagination since before the beginning of my writing career, because... I wrote the very first story that was the basis of the the dragon business uh, back when I was in high school, and then I took it to a college creative writing class, and I eventually published it in this little tiny small press magazine, but that was the very first short story that I ever, ever got paid for. I got $12.50 for it in 1980, and I told my parents, look, I can make a living as a writer, and they didn't believe me. So um, anyway, the, uh, later on, I expanded it into a, a full novel. It is The Dragon Business is this wonderful, humorous, medieval con game caper series, kind of like uh, The Princess Bride meets Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. And, <laughs> and they're, it, it's a gang of kind of lovable scalawag con men and one former princess and they go from kingdom to kingdom selling their services as dragon slayers, um, but there's no dragon. It's all a scam. They, they like, plant big reptilian footprints in the ground, and they burn down a couple of peasant hovels, and they tell big stories in the taverns. And then when everybody's afraid of the dragon, they go to the king and say, uh, you know, we'll, we'll slay that dragon for you for a bag of gold coins. And then they pull off their con. They've even got some old taxidermy stuff crocodile heads that they put some deer antlers on and stuff and said here's your dragon we cut off the head and so it's like this big con game that gets twisted and turned and gets even worse and then of course then there is a real dragon and they don't know what to do with it and and it's it's just 
really snarky, really funny, and um, I, I published it a few years ago, and, and uh, Amazon, their, their print imprint, 47 North, they released it, and it, it came out, and, and I eventually got the rights back to it, and I reissued my own uh, version of it with my, my publishing house at Wordfire Press. But I have always wanted to do a sequel to it. I, I've wanted to continue with those characters because I love them and they're <coughs> they're they're real laugh out loud. And and I've had this sequel in mind. And it wasn't until just recently that I was able to um, get into running a Kickstarter to see if the the fans actually wanted a sequel. And we just launched the Kickstarter today as we're recording this. It's been going for one week and boy it, it blew the doors off we funded in 13 minutes flat wow and, and wow. uh now it's, it's one week and we are at 12 and a half times what we had asked oh for. that's so, wonderful that is good so to I, hear i think that that's that's the fan saying yeah kevin you should do the sequel so i'm going to do the sequel and in, in fact the uh, time warping here because I'm a fast writer, I've already written the sequel. I went out and did the draft of it <laughs> while I was putting the Kickstarter together. Um, and it's called Skeleton in the Closet. And it's our our gang of con men who are off in a castle doing their, their usual scam when an inconvenient and completely unintelligent orc army invades the castle and takes over. And our guys are hiding in the secret passages and kind of trapped there. And the only way that they can get out of this mess is if they scare the orcs away by haunting the castle. And so it's kind of like Die Hard in a castle as they're running through the passages <laughs> and, uh, and, and making loud, weird noises and, and uh, playing pranks and, and infesting the castle with ghosts. And, and oh, I can it, just see it now. <laughs> now I have a machine sword. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I spit that in. Well, and the thing is that these these are really sarcastic and snarky and and funny and and completely breaking the fourth wall. And I have like our the the main character is the king telling stories of when he was young, and he's and we keep having these interludes when we go back to the king telling the story to his prince, the the, the to his son, the prince, and the the prince is like. Don't you think inserting these interludes interrupt the flow of the story when you're writing it and, and on and on? And, and it, it's very <laughs> lots of sarcastic comments. And, and, and I just had a blast doing it. And, um, you know, for a, a lot of people know me for these gigantic science fiction epics like my the Dune series with Brian Herbert and the Saga of Seven Sons or my... Uh, I, I write big fat fantasy epics like Spine of the Dragon, and in fact, I'm I'm one of those rare fantasy writers that when I say I'm going to write a trilogy, I actually wrote all three books and published them and got them out on time. But no sneaky comments there from me. Um, but I also have done some really funny stuff. I've got this really popular series called uh, Dan Shamble Zombie PI. <laughs> yeah, I want to read those. I've done eight books in that series, and and in fact, that was my, again, it was a very similar situation that I had written the first four books, I really loved them, and they were published by a a major traditional publisher, and they just kind of lost interest in it and and didn't want to do any more books, and so I published a couple of short story collections with my own um, house, 
And I just kept loving this so much. I wrote another book and just self-published it because I was a labor of love. And, and the fans loved it. They kept bugging me to do more. And it was the people kept saying, you should try a Kickstarter. Because I, I have a pretty big fan base. I have a lot of readers in Star Wars and X-Files and, and Batman and Superman and all that. So as an experiment last May, I, I did my very first Kickstarter for a brand new Dan Shamble book. And again, that one, that one funded at like, like, what is it, twenty-five times what I asked for, and and it really showed me that this is a way for, um, for your readership to kind of get into a VIP club, and they they can get special editions of the books that aren't available anyplace else, and they get to read it five months before I make it available to the public, and. And it's just kind of a cool thing. I was completely won over because by doing it this way, I am able to write the books that I want to write, not the books that I think I can sell to a big New York publisher that doesn't know my fans as well as I do. So how long did it take you before you decided that uh, setting up your own publishing company was going to be a good idea? Well, I never said it was a good idea, but <laughs> I, I did it anyway. Um, well, actually, I've been around and doing this for, oh, since 2010 or even a little bit before that. Uh, I founded Wordfire Press just because, uh, see, for an author like me, and, and we didn't give my full-on bio, but I've got right now, I think, 175 books published. Oof. Uh, and 24 million copies in print, and I've just, I'm a professional writer. I like to write. I publish a lot of books. And in the old world of publishing, you would publish a paperback book, a bunch of people would read it, and like two years later, the publisher would let it go out of print, and nobody would ever read it again unless they could find it in a used bookstore. And and it, when it's great for readers, but if you buy a copy of my book in a used bookstore, I, the author, don't get a penny out of that. <laughs> and so I, in 2010, when there was starting to be um, like the possibility, you could put your own ebook up on Kindle and you could you could print your own books through print-on-demand services. And, and sorry if I'm kind of getting off into the weeds here. But That's okay. I, I figured out how to do that. And I thought, well, heck, I've got all these books that I published and I really like them and the no I mean Bantam Books isn't going to reprint them and Signet Books isn't going to reprint them and they bought so, they bought first publication rights and that was right. it and then they let them go to print uh -huh. and it's just that wasn't the model nobody unless there was some compelling reason nobody would bring these books back and so I got the rights back and I thought well I'll just put them up for my fans and and I got my first couple of books back and I I uploaded them as, as Kindle versions, mm -hmm. and I didn't really know what I was doing. I had, well, I knew more than a lot of people, but nobody knew what they were doing. And I, I kind of put them up in clunky versions, but this was when everybody was getting their first Kindle, and they would load up whatever books there were. And because I started doing this early, there weren't all that many other books. Uh -huh. and, so, and so, like in one one year, I made as much money as I ever got paid from Signet Books from the professional publication of it. <laughs> and that was sort of a, ooh, well, maybe I should pay more attention to yeah, this. That, that must have been an eye-opener. Well, it was like, oh, well, this is really cool. And, and 
then I started branching up because I had a lot of writer friends who could kind of see what was going on, but they didn't want to learn how to be publishers themselves and to do Kindle books and everything. And so I had uh, like Brian Herbert and, and a bunch of Frank Herbert's books were out of print and nobody wanted to reprint them. And so we, Wordfire Press, we have, I think, 11 Frank Herbert books that hadn't been reprinted. My so goodness. And uh, Jody Lynn Nye gave us a bunch of books, and Mike Resnick, and Alan Dean Foster. And and so we started publishing these things, and it kind of um, blew up, and, and it became something that we learned how to do. And and, and so I'm, I'm familiar with how to design covers and layout books and and get them up in all the different formats and and so that's that's how I started doing that just to get my own books out and then my friends wanted to do it and then it sort of took on a life of its own because we were at one point we were releasing like four or five titles a month and, and kind of going crazy on that but um, and an interesting interesting side effect of me doing all this I mean in in my heart what I want to do is write books and not do anything else I mean I just want to write books and put them out there but what happened was I ended up being a publisher so I'm spending like 75% of my time dealing with publishing stuff instead of writing stuff Um, but because of that and the fact that I was very successful in traditional publishing as well as in my own publishing house, the Indie Press, um, I got hired to create and run an entire master's degree program in publishing. Oh my! At Colorado University, and that's another thing that I spend a lot of time with. I run this entire master's program. This year, we've got fifteen grad students. I have uh, two other co-professors that I work with, and we we run through. Um, I mean, it's lectures and discussions, but the students put together, um, they put together an anthology every year that we get funding from draft to digital. So it's like a grant. So we pay professional rates for these things. They make up an anthology and send out the call for submissions. And it it is open to everybody. And like I said, we pay professional rates, which means we get bombed with submissions. I'll bet, <laughs> poor, I'll bet. The poor students had, for so the one that we are, we're producing right now. So it's spring semester and, and their work is to put all the pieces together to publish this book uh, in July when they come back for the graduation. Um, it's called Merciless Mermaids, Tales from the Deep. Tales <laughs> with an T-A-I-L-S. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's all like dark and twisted mermaid stories. And they thought that was really cool. They wrote it up, and then we opened the floodgates, and they got over 600 submissions to read. Oh, no. Yeah. Well. Slush pile. Said, oh, throw, so. throw them in the deep end. <laughs> and so uh, they had to go through that and fight over which ones they wanted. They had to write the rejection slips. They got to write the acceptances. They, they uh, issued the contracts. Then right right now, what's happening this week is they're sending all of the copy edited versions back to their authors and and asking for whatever corrections or or changes, and then they'll lay out the book. They've already got the cover uh, done. Just on my social media, about three or four days ago, we we did the cover reveal and launched it, and that'll be that. That's really a gorgeous thing, and then. 
we will have like this big gala book launch book signing on on campus in the student union this summer when they all come back and and we release the book and it's it's just tons of fun the 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 course itself is all online except for one week in summer and so um i i guess i should it's called western colorado university is the university where i i work at and if you're interested, my my website. Remember, Wordfire Press is my mm-hmm. my uh, publishing house. That's so, Wordfire with a Y. No, Wordfire just like words on fire, like burning books. Oh, Word W O R D F I R E. Correct. Yes. So, okay. Word, so Wordfire.com. There's a whole section there about the publishing master's degree. If you want to learn more about that, but um, well, I, I mean, I I love the program. I'm I'm enjoy paying it forward and being a mentor and teaching and and so um and for for those of you who have been listening to other guests one of the banes of an author even a successful author is we don't get no health insurance we got to pay for it out of our own pockets so uh, yes a university professor i have kind of nice university health insurance so that helps um, a great deal it's a good thing that you are as Fast a writer as you are, you are one of the most prolific authors we know. Certainly, well, but there's nouns and verbs in every sentence. It's just uh, I keep going through with it. But, um, but yeah, I, I love I love telling stories and I I love writing and I love teaching. So I'm I'm really kind of having a blast. And so I'm I kind of forget how we got off on this tangent. But but publishing uh, <laughs> well, and writing and well, here's and... the thing. So I've. So I've got this big Kickstarter running right now for the Dragon Business and Skeleton in the Closet. And it I don't know when this is going to air. It ends on like February 10th. So we're, right now we have a little more than two weeks left in it. And it is, it's kind of like, don't do this at home unless you know what you're doing. And running a Kickstarter like this and see I'm promising that I'm going to produce two hardcover books and an audio book and, and trade paperbacks and a limited chat book and all this stuff. And I know how to do all this stuff, which is kind of what I was leading up to in the previous things. Um, but other people, it, it's kind of like you wander into a, home, into a Home Depot and some guy says, you know what, you could remodel your own kitchen. It's easy. Don't don't hire a contractor. Just do it. <laughs> no. And that doesn't always turn out well. So... Um, <laughs> So for for the Kickstarter, I put together a bunch of things, and and you know we won't hit you with the URL. Just just go to Kickstarter.com and search under Kevin J. Anderson, and you'll you'll find the project. But um, it is it is great. We had and, and here's kind of another thing. So I got all the covers redesigned, and I have a, a team of artists and designers that I work with very often, and I love the work that they do, uh, and. I was going to launch this whole project in early November so we could get it all finished up with before Thanksgiving and all the holidays. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The artists didn't finish the artwork on time that they asked for a little extra time and they were delayed and I understand you know, they well, had a really good reason for it. Yeah, they they had a really good reason because they're all located in Ukraine 
and they kept losing power and running into bomb shelters and hiding from air raid sirens and stuff. So they asked for a little extra time, and of course, I was happy to give it to them. But um, if, if nothing else, if you go on the the Kickstarter thing, just look at this artwork. It is it is just the most beautiful, gorgeous, funny, um, colorful. It's it is exactly what I wanted for these books, and and you know what that that kind of gets to another aspect of i well yeah i guess i am a control freak but but by me doing all of this stuff i get to choose how the cover is designed and i get to choose what goes on the cover and i get to choose the artwork that i want and many if not most authors that are working with regular large publishers it's here's your cover hope you like it yeah, and they usually don't. What a different experience from from traditional publishing. Yeah, well, and again, it it it's like remodeling your own kitchen. So don't do it unless you you're like really going to be able to get into it. But I do kind of like doing all of this stuff. And and the cool thing is that the Kickstarter supporters allow me to do this. I mean, if if I wasn't making money at this, then I would be going back to the old way of doing it, and which is fine. I mean, I still do books the old way. We just um, Brian Herbert and I just sold a new Dune novel to Tor Books, so which oh, will come, it'll come out this November, right when the second movie comes out, <laughs> and um, and I've got another um, big science fiction one that I've just sold to another publisher, and and so I'm still doing that, but the you know, nobody, nobody in New York publishing would ever have allowed me to do a sequel to the Dragon Business because they don't have the rights to the first book. Yeah, and and like the the first Kickstarter I did for the Dan Chamble Zombie PI thing, I loved that series, but the original publisher just sort of let it lapse after four books. Nobody else was going to pick up the next novel in the series. So if I wanted to write this book, I had to do it in a different way and well, or not make any money at it. And since I don't have any other job, I kind of need to pay the bills by what I make from my writing. So this just gave me a way to write the books I was most passionate about. And I just I, I think it's a game changer for for authors. It just it, it lets me do it lets me do my own cover art, lets me do the stuff, the um, choose the subject. And well, look, and the fans let me do it, but if they don't like what I come up with, then they don't fund it. And then I kind of get my, my lesson that way. I mean, if I was, if I was going to do free form poetry about bicycle repairmen, I probably wouldn't get as many supporters as the dragon business did, which well, I don't know about that. I'd buy it. Well, I'll have to think of that for my next one. <laughs> Bicycle repairman. Thank goodness. But as God. of as of this afternoon, <laughs> we're recording this. Uh, we we just ticked over into four hundred supporters on the on the campaign. So that's awesome. Yeah, that well, means, I, we'd that's be cool. one of them. <laughs> were you the one that kicked me over? Hooray! Okay. Could could be. Um, could be. So, uh, but but here's the fun thing that with the Kickstarter, it's not just here's a new book and you get that. I mean that that is the thing. But also, um, I'm doing a limited edition chapbook of this very first short story. I remember I told you that this was the first thing 
that I ever got paid for when I when I published it, this, the original story. Well, we're redoing that as a chapbook, and it's only 100 copies, and they're going to be numbered and signed, and I've got a bunch of really cute artwork to go into it. So I'm, I've just sent that off to the printer um, yesterday. And again, because I've learned how to produce my own books, and so we got the chapbook done. And you, you mentioned about how I'm very prolific and fast as a writer. And one of the ways that I do that is not by sitting at a keyboard, but I do all my writing by uh, going out on the trail here in Colorado. I have a digital recorder, and I have I outline my stuff. I have my notes for whatever today's chapters are going to be. And then I just go off walking, and I dictate my, my chapters. And it's my prose word for word. And then I upload it to a typist, and they transcribe it, and then I, I do a little editing polish on it. But I just love going out with my recorder and crunching along the trail and and doing my dialogue and having the dragons attack and making up snarky little jokes and and one of the things that I do for this Kickstarter it's if you if you back it at a I think it's a hundred dollars you'll get all of the original raw audio files as I dictated them for this new book skeleton in a closet huh and and it's it's me walking along and you can hear me crunching in the snow or the wind blowing or a dog barking at me or or me laughing at a particularly stupid joke I just thought of. Um, I I recorded a little video of me doing that and I wanted to show people on the on the Kickstarter thing. And here's how I write and, and here's my office out in the forest and, and you can hear all the background noises. And as I'm recording this video, this big freight train goes by and honks its horn right in the background. And I went, well, <laughs> there's the occupational hazard. And and I put that video up. It's only like a minute long and it's on the on the Kickstarter story page if you want to watch it. It's I kind of spoiled the ending there, but but I'm here I am just just like trying to record and here's how I write out in the forest and here's where I get my inspiration and (laughs) (laughs) couldn't couldn't have planned that if I tried but yeah that was you you just answered one of the questions that I was going to ask is is uh, uh how do you how do you get this stuff done so fast and Stream of consciousness? Really? Ray Bradbury did that. Well, well, it's not stream of consciousness. It's complete sentences. I mean, it, well, it is... yeah, obviously, it's 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 but, uh, complete sentences. But uh, Ray Bradbury, uh, his his first draft ended up uh, on the final printed page, almost all the time, and it sounds yeah, like I, <laughs> I need to fix mine a little bit more than that. But yeah, he does but... dragon dictation. <laughs> So if you're if you're thinking about this as a writer and maybe wanting to uh, uh, take up dictation, I mean, I that way I get to write when I'm driving for a long trip in the car, or or, or if mm. I'm just I get to go hiking and that's my office for the day. So um, it it's I think there's a lot of advantages to it, but that that would be maybe a cool thing to do if you are. Um, thinking of it to listen to my raw audio files and just hear how I do it. And, um, and are, got, are you are you narrating your own audio books? Is the next question. Um, yes, I've actually just started doing that. I've, I've got a recording studio and an engineer, and so here here's the thing: my Dan Shamble Zombie PI books. 
they're they're all first person and it's all sarcastic and there's puns and there's in jokes and callbacks and we had a, a different narrator who who did well actually we had three different narrators who did the original audiobooks because I hadn't taken on that task yet and they recorded them and before I wrote the next novel I thought well I better get up to speed I'm going to re-listen I'm going to listen to all my own audiobooks so I can refresh my memory and I was very disappointed because these narrators didn't get the damn jokes that they they're narrating the books and they just walk right past the pun and they didn't you know stop to to let people understand what it was and and they completely mispronounce things and and uh. so that's that's not right and this is very personal to me it's all first person and I thought well, I know how to tell the voice of Dan Shamble, and I get my own jokes. And and so I went into the audio studio, and I recorded um, the first – I've recorded five of them so far, and I've got another um, one or two that I need to record. But um, I'm working on that. And then at the um, – well, wait a second. As, as we're doing this, I, I'm going to – I'm going to click over to my own Kickstarter page and and look and see where we are because we are really close. Let's see. We are waiting, waiting, waiting. It is loading up. Ha! We are at this, at this moment, we are $60 away from reaching the goal where I will record the audiobook of Skeleton in the Closet. So... I'm I'm, I'm sorry, six sixty dollars six oh six six zero dollars away from the stretch goal where I will go in and record the audiobook. So by the time this airs, let's let's hope we've got sixty dollars more. <laughs> uh, I may go in the other room and drop another sixty dollars because this I gotta hear this. Well and and it's just I've learned how to do this and I listen to audiobooks all the time and like I said, I dictate my own stuff. So it's kind of natural for me to be speaking the the sentences. I'm I'm sure you've all heard the that author who does the author reading who let let's just say doesn't make it as sparkling and scintillating. Mm, yes. I am getting well enough practiced at this that I'm I'm pretty good in the the audio studio and I um it it's very time consuming which is why we actually had the the stretch goal at it's at $25,000 that I would then record the audiobook because so say this this book skeleton in the closet and, and i've finished the draft of it so it's about seventy five thousand words long which means it's about i don't have it in front of me about like 380 pages in the manuscript which means that when i record the audiobook it will be eh, probably a 11 10 or 11 hour audiobook Mm-hmm. So that means I have to go into the studio and sit there for 10 or 11 hours to record it, not counting the driving t- That'll be like four days of trips to the studio. Yeah, because uh, voiceover, voiceover artists are really only good for about two and a half hours of actual speaking right. per day. Right. For me, two and, and and three hours and two and a half to three hours and my voice is, is done. Yeah. And so that's that's... 10 or 11 hours in the studio, 11 hours finished audio, that's probably 15 hours in the studio. And then 
you have to proof it, which means I have to listen to every set, every minute, or I recorded. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that right now for for book number four called Slimy Underbelly, and <laughs> and that's the that's the audiobook for Dan Shamble number number. Five. Sorry, number five. Sounds, sounds oh. like a zombie politics thriller. Well, zombie <laughs> politics. Well, it is. It's the it's the the weather wizards election, and they're they're debating each other with storms and dust storms and snowstorms and things. And and it's it's about this evil slum lord who's taking over the sewers and and wants to be Nailed the it. the slum lord who owns all of the under. Uh-huh belly of the unnatural quarter and he's this tentacle faced demon named Achulu. So <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we gotta go read these. And things. and so this was the challenge as an audiobook narrator. He speaks with this outrageous Australian accent because he's from down under. And <laughs> Of course he is. That's because all great. So That's are the sewers. Type it up. That's all great to type it up, and it's a really funny book. But I'm sitting there in front of the microphone, and I'm reading along, and suddenly it's, oh crap! I've got to do an Australian accent next, Oops. and and I did. I hope I pulled it off. So we'll see. So that, uh, to keep going through the math, so that that's say 15 hours in the studio, and then another 11 hours of proofing it. So that's. That's a lot of time that I have to invest. Plus, I got to pay for the studio and the engineer. Mm. So that that's why the stretch goal is up at at twenty five thousand dollars. And, and if, you, we'll, if you had to if you had to pay somebody else to do that, what what would the bill be? Twenty five thousand. Twenty five thousand bucks to record a. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, the, I think. To pay somebody else to record your audiobook in in more of an indie audio way, uh-huh. uh, I think you're looking at maybe three thousand, four thousand dollars, something like that. But then it depends on which voice you get, and the the better actor you want, the more the more expensive it's going to be. Yeah. Well, well no, and, nobody's going to have the same understanding of the material as the person who wrote it. So. Well, and, and even if my voice isn't like like James Earl Jones or something, but I still, as an audiobook listener, I still kind of get a kick out of hearing the author read their own work, and mm-hmm. and so there's there's that part of it. So, um, so that's and then once I get that, we'll make that available as an add-on for the followers at I don't know fifteen bucks or something for the audiobook. But um, so that's that's one of the things here. In case we've got any very comfortable people who are there, I did. I always put one one high end five thousand dollar reward on the Kickstarter. I'm just waiting for somebody to do it. <laughs> but, uh, well, and I think it's kind of a, a cool idea that it, it plays up on you know like those those NFTs that that oh, yeah. somebody, an artist will create something like what was it the the Wu Tang Clan did. For some huge amount of money, they recorded an album that they made one copy of, and they gave it to the rich guy who bought it. Oh yeah, uh, Screlly, Shrelly, Screlly, whatever his name is, the pharmacy bro who ended yeah, up yeah, so something like having it so confiscated. <laughs> so as 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 a at the mere five thousand dollar level, I've got there that you tell me what kind of story you want, I will write a science fiction, fantasy, or horror story. A full-on story, not a little flash fiction thing. I will write it. I'll print it out. I'll sign it. 
I'll send it to you, I'll delete the file so that you're the only person who has that story and I'll never publish it. So wow. if you're a super fan, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, some, somebody in the science fiction community could win the, the big lotto tomorrow and... You this just, is when your mom asks, "What did you do with the money?" It's, this is a good one. This is yeah. supporting the arts. Sure, that's my story, well, and I I'm mean, sticking to it. So I, I, I just think we, we've got T-shirts and coffee mugs. I kind of went overboard about how about this, and how about we add this, and how about we add the the signed hardcovers? How about we do the unsigned hardcovers? Uh-huh. And. and it's, hard, it's hard to come just, up with good stuff for Kickstarters because everybody's doing coffee mugs and T-shirts and bumper stickers. You well, know, that's the that's the low hanging fruit. It's hard to come up with something that you can that you can provision uh, en masse, assuming something really goes ballistic, and actually deliver on that that isn't something like that. So, well, and and a lot of people underestimate how hard it is to physically package and send out these things. Oh, yeah. Fulfillment yeah. centers are a thing. <laughs> well, it's, our it's worth it. center is the spare bedroom upstairs is, is what it is. But, <laughs> but I've, we've got a couple of assistants who come in, and we kind of have a, a mailing party whenever we're, we're doing it. But, um, but we'll, and, and I've also put in, like, well, I'll have, a, like, three actual working manuscripts of Skeleton in the Closet, because I like to read in hard copy and mark things up and stuff. And so I'll, there are three original manuscripts signed if somebody wants to do one of those. Um, let's. i got to see if we've got any of this left. I think um, you can get your name in as a character in Skeleton in the Closet. You can be a castle guard, or you can be a, a stupid orc, or or something like that. For the, the idea of, of them chasing those orcs around and, and scaring the living daylights out of them just... That's very appealing, and I'm looking forward well, to that. The reason, the reason that orcs are afraid of ghosts is because you can't bash a ghost. And hmm. that's what orcs like to do, is bash things. It's, and, it's yeah, when, you're only ha- when your only tool is a hammer, you tend to, yeah. See everything <laughs> as a nail, yeah. So I've got, let's see, right now I've got five people who have, I have eight characters that I have left unnamed so that people can have their name in the book. And uh, five of the eight have been picked already. So, Ooh, uh, okay. So At least we'll those will be pronounceable. I, how do you pronounce the princess's name? Aphanil. Thank you. Kind of like daffodil is what I was thinking oh, of. Oh, so. okay. Very good. So, so, you know, all of this... Look, it's not just a sell job. I'm, I'm kind of, I really have having a ball with this. This is, this is letting me, like, be the guest conductor of the orchestra, and and it's just just lots of fun, and it's interacting with the, with the, um, supporters, and and it, what's really funny is I, I look at the backers, and and I know a lot of my fans very closely, all through social media or my newsletter, or whatever. And I'm getting a lot of uh, backers that I have that are new to me that I haven't seen uh, before. So, um, so the word's getting out. I'm I'm kind of getting a kick out of this. And, well, that's and what we're yes. here for. <laughs> and 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 yes, this this has gone very very nicely. And and it, this May will be a year since the Dan Shamble Kickstarter wrapped up. So I think it's uh, probably in May will be time to say, hey, let's do another Dan Shamble book because. 
you know, these are fast and dumb, and you want to read one after you finish the next one. <laughs> okay, well, we'll meet meet up with you in May and, and plan everybody's summer reading for them. <laughs> oh. Well, I still have to write the book, but we'll... We'll see. But I, I'm not worried you'll about get that. There. Yeah, you'll get there. But I, this is one of the, the, the things, though, that is so much fun is, well, back in back in the 90s when my, my Star Wars stuff started really taking off and I was doing all kinds of movie stuff and TV stuff and, and, and I really could just all day, every day, just write books and that was all I needed to do. And, and there was a lot of um, satisfaction in that, but... We live in a completely different world now, and and I have to be not just the writer guy, but also a publisher and a professor and a marketer and a an audiobook narrator and all kinds of things. But and, it takes that and, it takes that synergy to make it all work together. Well, and and in a way, it's it's much more stable that way mm-hmm. because that being a a being a writer as making a living from being a writer has, shall we say, has never been the most stable profession in the world. <laughs> Gee, and, really? And, uh, and just the fact of having like four different um, income paths and all of them I enjoy doing is, is really fun for me. It, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to be publishing this week or I'm going to be teaching this week or I'm going to be writing this week or, um, or I'm in the audio recording studio this week. It's um, sure beats having a real job. I can say that. I believe you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have been speaking to Kevin J. Anderson about his newest book, Dragon Business and Skeleton in the Closet, Kickstarter, Be There, Aloha. <laughs> Skeleton in the, in the Closet. That's just, it's, it says so much without revealing a darn thing. A good title is hard to come by, so that's especially a funny title. That's what you want to want to have for these things. So, it's it's the Princess Bride meets Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, and that kind of nails it in just a few words. So look it up on um, um, Kickstarter dot com and search for Kevin J Anderson Skeleton the Clo- Skeleton. I am tripping over my own tongue this evening. Skeletons in the closet. One skeleton. One skeleton in the closet. Just one. Just one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think I got it. It's Godzilla's skeleton, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, thank you very much for joining us. It's been it's been thanks, a, it's been thanks. a real hoot. Well, it's it's been a long time. I'm glad we got back in touch. I'm glad glad to hear from you guys. You have been listening to episode 251 of Sci-Fi Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon for January 28th, 2023, with your hosts Susan Fox and Gene Turnbow. Our guest today has been Kevin J. Anderson, co-author of the Dune prequel novels with Brian Herbert, and the author of the new humorous fantasy series, The Dragon Business. The new book in that series, Skeleton in the Closet, is currently on Kickstarter. This episode will air again tomorrow, January 29th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, and two more times on the following Thursday and Saturday mornings at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. Once all of the airtimes have passed, you will find this episode and others on iTunes, Stitcher, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course on our own website at sci-fi.radio. Sci-Fi.Radio is listener-supported sci-fi geek culture radio, and the vast majority of our funding comes from listeners just like you. 
we are asking you to visit patreon.com slash sci-fi radio and donate five or ten dollars a month to help keep the station on the air. It may not seem like a lot, but if everybody does it together, we can accomplish great things. That's patreon.com slash sci-fi radio. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The science officer was played by sci-fi illustrator Mark Schermeister. The engineer was Christian B. McGuire. The navigator was Christine Cherry. And the captain was voiced by science fiction grandmaster Larry Niven. This program is copyright 2023 by Krypton Media Group Incorporated. The Event Horizon on Sci-Fi.Radio. It's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. <laughs>